How do you build your life back up when you're stuck in a rut? After the impossible happens, where do you go after hitting ground zero? I'm Mike Draper, and on this podcast, we're talking about what's next, and we're bridging the gap between where you are and where you want to be. While you may not know why you're in it right now, my guests in these conversations will help you get unstuck and into possibility. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to What's Next with me, Mike Draper. We have a special guest today uh, that has an interesting background that I really want to dive into. Not many people get to talk to somebody who has been an Olympian, right? So it's a very unique story. Uh, She's a very powerhouse of a person, of a woman, of an athlete, of a businesswoman, of just a human being, right? So uh, I want to introduce you guys to Sunny. Hey, such lavish praise. I don't know what to do now. (laughs) You just got to be yourself and and the the light will shine through. I have no doubt in your capabilities. Um, So, yeah, no. So we... we, (laughs) To give a little backstory for people listening, so uh, Sunny and I met at FinCon, which is a finance creators conference in Florida. It was Florida, right? Yeah, it was Florida. Oh my gosh, yeah, that was, it was almost two months ago. Yeah, yeah in so, Orlando. The time's flown by, huh? <laughs> yeah, I forget. So I, I forget where it was at. But yeah, Florida, uh, that was an amazing trip. The group of yeah. people that we got to hang out with was all, you know, real estate investors, creators, uh, entrepreneurs, people Hustlers. just hustlers people surrounded by business folks um but yeah tell us a quick little summary of your upbringing and how you got here on this amazing podcast (laughs) well my charm got me on my podcast thank you on my charm got me on your podcast thank you there you go (laughs) um but yeah so i am a real estate investor that's that was what my draw to FinCon was. Um, I'm very interested in personal finance, et cetera. Um, I also run a personal finance company called uh, Afford Anything. We also have a podcast as well as personal finance content and um, a real estate investing course. So that was why I ended up going this year on behalf of Afford Anything. Um, And when I am not running my real estate business, not running the personal finance business. There isn't much time left, but I do, I do like to stay like active and healthy. And a lot of that is because I spent, um, my previous career, really my first career playing tennis professionally. So I turned pro at the age of 14. I played professionally for nine years, traveled the world, dropped out of school after sixth grade, um, trained like all hours of the day and night. Um, and the highlights, the apex of my career was the 2008 Beijing Olympics. So I participated in Beijing and then I retired at the very, very old age of 23 with a sixth grade education and honestly like no life skills, like nothing. I couldn't do algebra, like I could barely open a checking account. You know, it was a very isolated existence and solitary existence where you reach excellence because you are the master of a single trade. You know, you know, literally nothing else. Um, So coming out of that was very interesting. But fast forward, um, I think I I don't think I retired in 2009. So fast forward to 2022. I have I was able to uh, get an undergraduate degree from one of the best business and entrepreneurial programs in the country. I graduated with honors and then. I also uh, got uh, my master's in business from Villanova University. Um, so 
it's been just kind of like me trying to excel in every area that I can and, and help others along the way. I love that. It's a, I, it's a great story and we've, we've dove into it, you know, deeper when we were at FinCon together. But one thing I didn't ask when we were in person that I would love to see your insight on. So you kind of talked about, you know, people mastering their craft, becoming elite in this one area, just super hyper focused is kind of what you were referencing around. And I want to ask, like, what did it take to become the top of your game? Right. And so I, I want to know, like the, like the mindset you had, the habits you maybe had, the routine. What did you sacrifice to become elite in your craft, which was tennis? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, because when you move away from a space that supports that sort of intense focus, everyone labels you as crazy. Yes. <laughs> you know, and so I'm just going to put that out there um, because that's it is that kind of like cra crazy intense focus where honestly nothing else matters. So in order to reach that level of mastery in my sport, I didn't go to school. <laughs> I didn't have friends. I was giving up sleepovers. Like you have, you have a daughter, Ellie, eight. Mm -hmm. At eight, I wasn't going to any sleepovers. I was missing class. I was playing tournaments every weekend, training every day after school. It was, there was, there was no child there. There was no human there. There was no person there. There was only the athlete. And you end up sacrificing everything basically, in, in pursuit of that singular goal. And I would say it's not a very mentally healthy existence. There's not very sure. much perspective. But the upside to that is that any other endeavor that you take on, when you have to make sacrifices and you have to work hard, that is nothing compared to the sacrifices and the work that have already been put in on another, in another field at a much younger age, etc. Um, so yeah, it's really just about intensely focusing on that one thing and thinking about, okay, what do I need to get to that next level? What is, what is the one thing in that moment that will get me to where I want to go? And then having the strategic plan to figure out what the next steps are and then staying extremely focused on that execution. You do not veer. You stay focused on that one thing and that is all that matters. Yeah. Were there, were there any distractions that, I mean, this this path started you said when you were about eight is that right well sixth grade is when you said you went full full time yeah but even before that i was training three four five six hours a day whenever okay. i could um so when i was in fifth grade i i started at a special private school where i would go to school only for three hours a day mm -hmm. or four hours a day and then i would train the rest of the day um so I forgot the original question. No, it's okay. But like, so no, it's good. So it's, so when in that time you're, so your fifth grade, you're, you now switched over to private school and your, mm. um, you know, half school, half training. Training. Yeah. Did you, I assume you love the sport, right? <laughs> right. That's a, that's an excellent question. Um, love is an interesting thing. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> which, which very much ties into like your at other. At one point, you loved the life. sport, right? <laughs> I mean, at one point, I did, and there are aspects of the sport that I probably still love, um, like the very simple act of striking the tennis ball 
Like right. that is in its purest form the the piece that I loved. However, um, I believe to to reach excellence, and maybe this is why I ended up burning out, retiring early. It also kind of veered into obsession. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't just love; it was a need. It was something I needed to have. It was something that was my identity. It was it was critical for me as a person to have that, like air, which sounds psychotic. No, I, I recognize themes and patterns, right, in, in anything I do, and I try to find patterns. And it's simp- that's exactly why I'm asking these questions, is I like to talk to people who have mastered their craft, <clears throat> are elite in their, their thing, right, whether it's business, you know, running a business, starting a business, um, you know, industries within each sector, like athletes, everything. I want to understand how and why they tick the way they tick and operate the way they do and how they reach such a level. And so it's kind of the common theme that so I you're see. Talking about patterns. Yeah. You're talking about patterns. I can, I can draw those out for you, at least like from my yeah. life. So, um, moving from sixth grade dropout to someone who graduated with honors from some of the best programs in the country to someone who was an, who is an entrepreneur and, um, has their own business in their mid-30s along with running one of the largest personal finance brands in the space. The things that I learned from tennis, that single minus, the wanting to make it the best it can be, that is what translated the work. The, you, you, the, the apathetic don't survive. The apathetic don't get rewarded. You have, to, you have to know why you want things, and then you have to be able to channel that and fuel that because there are days when you're not going to want it obviously. Um, mm-hmm. We're all human. Energy wanes. Um, mentalities wane. We all get tired. But it's about knowing what makes you tick and using that to propel yourself when it doesn't happen naturally. Was your target the, the Olympics? It actually was not. Um, in our sport, I mean, um, Olympics is huge, and it sounds a little bratty to say, but that's not something that we... The Olympics is not something that I grew up or anybody in like my generation grew up dreaming about. We it's kind of like the NBA kind of like they, they don't, oh, yeah? they don't dream of, well, this is, you know, this is not from my experience, but, uh, <laughs> from my from time I, as an NBA player, <laughs> from what I see through documentaries and through interviews and podcasts that, you know, people who are in the NBA, they didn't aspire to be on the U S Olympic team or the whatever Olympic team they aspire to be in the NBA. So what, what is the equivalent? Hmm. I suppose for what was your target? What was, what was pushing you or pulling you so hard? I wanted to win every slam. I wanted to uh, be at Roland Garros. I wanted to mm-hmm. play at Wimbledon. I wanted to win all these events. I wanted to hold the trophies. I wanted to play on center court. I wanted the lights and the attention and mm-hmm. the money and just being excellent. Like being, you learn to hone in on that as an athlete when you're young, you the purity of being just the absolute best. That is what I wanted, and I wanted everything that went with it. I love that. And so then I, I, I do recognize that. Uh, so after your tennis career, you then go on to finish your schooling at first, and then you go on to, to a top you know business school and then to a top MBA program. Uh, I'm sensing a pattern here, Sonny, yeah. of trying to, to do that. <laughs> we don't settle. We sacrifice. I'm because I'm sure those things were difficult to do and you had to have pretty immense focus in those programs. Especially when you don't know algebra or geometry. <laughs> like think about sixth grade math. I took earth science. 
Like I took earth signs. That was uh, like basically all I remember. <laughs> I, I hear Yeah, that's, that's good. But, and so, and so I hear, you know, Olympic athlete, and then I hear top business school, top MBA program. And then I hear where you're at right now, afford anything, which is a, um, can you tell us a little bit more about afford anything and, and, and what that's about. I know, I mean, I know, I know about it, but could you explain a little bit more? Yeah, no, I'd love to. I was actually a fangirl long before I joined the company when I, got on my personal finance journey um, about three years into um, like my corporate career, three years mm -hmm. after I left undergrad. Afford Anything was one of the first brands that I found. And so there are a couple different facets to this. Um, we have a weekly podcast that um, is aired with a once a month bonus episode on real estate investing, long distance real estate investing, which I co-host. The other, po the other podcast episodes are a blend of personal finance uh, topics as well as, um, I think like I described it as metacognition, thinking about thinking, thinking about how you think and how others would think to balance the trade-offs in life to get to where one would ultimately want to go because at the end of the day, our, our resources are all finite, our time, our energy, um, our money. And so mm -hmm. we always are faced with different decisions to make in order to optimize that and live the life that is most aligned with our values and our needs. So that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of like the podcast in a nutshell. And then we also um, have a real estate investing course. So firmly believe in the power of investing in real estate and uh, want to help those who want to take those steps. And then there's um, like every personal finance platform, there are additional like free content things that are generated, put out through like Instagram, through blogging, through other videos, um, through mass media outlets. Um, our founder was actually just on Netflix. Um, so Get Smart With Money was aired on Netflix right before FinCon. So mm -hmm. um, that was a documentary that f followed for influential um, personal finance folks, advisors mm -hmm. kind of, but folks, and uh, where they where they advise a single individual on their financial journey. So that's kind of what Afford Anything is about. Yeah, so what what um, what um got you from tennis to, well, why business? So business and MBA, and then now a personal finance company who invests in real estate. Uh, you mentioned as far as one of your targets uh, in tennis was Wimbledon, these big platforms money was one you know is one of the things you mentioned which i think is a total good target because that helps you know money helps in so many different aspects of life with you know it's a tool and so is why business why personal finance and afford anything why why leading that way i'm just trying to get into the mind of someone who's mastered their craft and why they're choosing and deciding what's next for them and like what like how they how you think, how you think, not they, I want you, I want your story. Mine, why, so why business? Why afford anything? <laughs> um, yeah. So my professional path has changed a couple times. I am a firm believer in growth mindsets and pivoting who we are at 22 is not who will be at 26 is not who will be at 28. And it's really important to monitor those changes and understand what is going to drive you and what's going to make you happy and be okay with making changes or even starting over. Um, I started over multiple times. And so um, 
that was that was the reason like I kind of I kind of kept changing because I felt unsettled I, I was never in the path that brought me fulfillment even though I thought prior to taking the step that that step would example um, part of the reason that I was monetarily driven like as an athlete as well was because I grew up poor um, my parents were Indian immigrants um, they struggled. Mm -hmm. I tennis is a sport for the affluent. I ended up getting a lot because of a lot for free because I was good. Um, but I did not want to have to deal with all of the monetary struggles that I saw my parents deal with. And then, as an athlete, there are like striations within the sport that have to do with like where you're ranked and depending on where you're ranked you can either make huge huge massive money or you're barely going to be able to feed yourself and even though what even though I was successful and ranked globally at the top of my sport I was struggling to feed myself and I was doing this without any family support so by the time I retired at 23 I was like okay so I've done this for all these years. I don't have much to show for it monetarily. And I really, really struggled financially. There were times when I didn't know where my next meal was coming from. I didn't, I once when I was, I think 20, I booked a flight to India for a tournament. I had to go. Mm -hmm. I didn't have money to come home. I knew I had to win those matches in order to book a flight home. There wow. was a tournament I went to in L.A. I couldn't afford housing. I couldn't afford transportation. So I took two and a half hour bus rides through some of the roughest sections of L.A. just to get to the site there and back until I could get a paycheck. And I was tired of living that life. I understood I was doing it at the time to further myself and my dream, the thing that I had sacrificed so much of my life to. But once that was done, I was like, okay, it's time to to make something else of yourself and we are not doing that by scraping for pennies and dimes while i was on tour i did manage the business aspects of my career so at 19 i was doing the logistics i was doing the financial management i was working with my management company to schedule all of the pr etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, i was a business i was a brand mm -hmm. and i loved that there were times when i loved that more than the sport itself and so i knew upon retiring that I wanted to do something business related, but that is like such a big catch-all. Like, what does that even mean? Hello. <laughs> you know? Right. No, I hear you. So I ended up, um, I ended up focusing on finance because people in finance made money and I was tired of being hungry and poor and broke. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good um, reasons. <laughs> and so, um, I, I chose finance. Um, I got good grades, got into the corporate world, started working. Um, like my first job was for a multinational defense contractor in their leadership development program within their finance organization. The next step that led me to real estate was realizing that I did not want all of my eggs in the basket of one person who sat in an office who probably never left their state and was telling me my value based upon 
what they had heard through the grapevine combined with what I did, but then also their own biases. So when I say that, um, that is because I had some negative experiences where I, where I found out that I wasn't earning as much mm -hmm. for reasons that did not make sense, like earning right. as much as peers for reasons that, that did not make sense. And that really um, hit home because I realized I, so many of the, the options that we have in life, they are controlled by how much money we have. And so this person was going to be having an outsized influence on my life because of whatever reasons that I could not understand and therefore I could not influence. So that's when I was like, okay, like, yeah, we're going to keep working, but we're also going to find another way to influence our future because I'll be damned if I'm going to let this person right. tell me what I can and can't do in many, in many parts of my life. So I started looking into personal finance, uh, started couponing, started doing this, started doing that. Like it was all great, but there was all a ceiling, you know, right. and it wasn't going, it was a lot of time and it wasn't going to, I could only save so much. The real lever to, to, to pull was my income level and that would lever my income buffer. Right. And yep. so being able to do that was what was going to have a better impact on my life. And then that's when I found real estate investing and the ability to build a business that would provide me residual income over time. Yeah, no, that's, I follow that. I totally understand that. And so that makes me think of, uh, in part of your story, you were saying, you know, you decided to leave the tennis world and now you wanted to shift and find your new thing, which ended up being business, personal finance and real estate and where you're at today. What, if you recall, what was going through your mind in that time of you're at the Beijing Olympics, you just finished those and now you're thinking, do I want to keep doing this or do I want to move on? What, what was going through your mind and what made you move on and like let go of tennis? That's a good question. Um, I think it applies yeah. to a lot. Of, I asked the question because I'll give some time to think about it, but I asked the question because, um, you know, this, although it's not directly applicable to everybody as far as late, you know, leaving the Beijing Olympics from tennis career to <laughs> something new, but like the idea of leaving something you've worked so hard and sacrificed so many things for, uh, over an extended period of time, not just like a, a two month, like, Oh, I sacrificed two weekends out with friends to do this thing. Like it's still a sacrifice and it's not to be ignored, but like you, that yours was such a long extended period of time, fifth, sixth grade, essentially, or earlier to 23 years old. Uh, and that's, a, you know, 10, 12, 13 plus years of dedication. You dropped out of school. You were not, you know what I mean? Like not, didn't graduate high school at the time. And so you were just, what made you let all that go? So I think I can answer this from two perspectives. One is the very personal perspective where the details probably won't relate, but <laughs> I think I can, <laughs> I think I can like answer it however you want, bring it up to a higher level where it is more relatable. So I decided to walk away because I had all these dreams <laughs> and I had a vision for my future. I knew what I wanted out of the sport. And at the end of 2008, early 2009, 
I made the decision to walk away because I knew that I needed additional resources in order to achieve my potential. So I didn't have money, I didn't have family, I was knocking on the door to basically the next step where I could make big money, but I needed a coach, I needed trainers, I needed help. I couldn't just be a, a I, w- I was a one, I wasn't even a woman, I was like a one kid show, you know, <laughs> just like running around, you know. Yeah. Um, and that was the time of the recession. So where was the money going to come from? The, typically companies would sponsor an athlete, but that's a very, that's a choice dependent on discretionary income. In 2008, 2009, companies weren't, they were struggling. They didn't have that discretionary income. So I knew that I could, my path was either to stick it out and hope that in three or four years my experience would catch up and then I could make that break or I could leave. Because if I stuck around, I knew it was still an if, but I'd be settling for less than my potential until my experience level caught up and, and like, kind of like pushed me over that hump. That's really what I felt like. And to kind of like zoom it back out, I think what went through my head and what has pushed me through various pivots in my life, um, whether that was leaving the sport, whether that was leaving the corporate world, whether that was starting a real estate business after saving every penny for two, three years, um, it was me looking at my future and saying, if I continue on this path, is that going to give me the life that I want? The first set of questions that would follow that would be, um, what do I need to do in order to live the life that I want? After a, a monumental moment in your super focused thing that you want to knock out, right? So, the, you know, uh, tennis, trying to get to the elite, the top, the Wimbledon, the Olympics, everything, like the, the top of the field. And you get to a place where you're like at the top, you know, essentially at the top right there with everybody at the Beijing Olympics. You, you finish that endeavor and you come back and you kind of reevaluate like, hey, what's going on? What do I like? What do I not like? What was my original target? And is that still my current target, right, is what I'm hearing. And so you did what I think people need to do more of, or at least the ones that I hear that are struggling, um, is to know your target. Why is it your target? Really define it as best and as, as like, tactically Explicitly. as... Explicitly. Yeah. Like, you I, need to know the details. Yeah, what absolutely. What does that look like? What does that feel like? Mm-hmm. And so, and then once you can, once you define it, that's like step one, you define what do you want, right? And what you want can change and that's totally fine, but it has to be tactile. Like, like you just said, it, the details, once you have like the details of what you want or close to it, what is the next step? Like what is step number one and take the action is what I'm assuming you did <laughs> since you're sitting here, <laughs> right? Telling you about uh, my life. But it, but it's, it seems so simple when you say it out loud. But so many people just, you know, myself included, it happens. It's overwhelming. It's overwhelming. If you look at it from, okay, I need to go from point A to point B, it is so overwhelming. Can you imagine, like, I was a sixth grade dropout trying to go to college. (laughs) What? 
Like talk right? about, I didn't know the first thing about college. Anytime yeah. you have a big goal or you want to make a big change, the steps can be overwhelming. So it's just kind of like breaking it down into smaller pieces and just like one step at a time and keep breathing. <laughs> Absolutely. Did you do it on your own? Mostly, the change from I tennis? Mean, yeah. No, I mean, no, no man or woman is an island. I had friends um, who provided emotional support. I had a mentor who kind of kicked me in the butt when I needed it. It was like, you, you need to, you need to take that step when, when I was maybe dragging my feet or a little scared. But other than that, yeah, I pretty much, most of it was, yeah. Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I asked that cause, um, a lot of people seem to be trying to tackle these monumental tasks uh, or shifts in their life, whether it's relationships business, whatever, uh, on their own. Right. And so the initial, like understanding what you're going for, why you're going for it, you know, absolutely is a, is a you thing. Like you must understand what you're, you know, what you're going for. Why do you want it? Or what do you want define it? And then know what, okay, step one, I need to do this and that. Now, what resources do I need? Do I need money? Do I need support? Do I need another person? Do I need is it like logistically, how do you accomplish step one? Right. And so for you, it sounded like it was, um, you know, it's, you, you could do most of it on your own, having that support system of friends, the mentor, some people to lean on for like that emotional support was, was part it's of it. Critical. Yeah. It's critical. It's critical. What, you know, someone, I guess, what, what, what's some advice you would give someone who is at that point, they realize so like, I guess what's, what, what's, what advice would you give yourself back in 2009, January of 09? So after buy the real estate, <laughs> buy, oh my gosh, yes. Forget everything else. Just buy houses, call it a day. You can uh, work at McDonald's. It does not matter. Just like save your money, buy real estate. <laughs> yep. I would agree. But beyond logistically <laughs> financial moves, mindset, <laughs> what, uh, what would you tell 2009 Sunny as far as mindsets to take or steps to take to get you moving in the direction you want to go quicker or smooth, more, you know, more smoothly? What would you tell yourself? Um, I think what has been hardest for me and what I see slowing other people down is dealing with the emotional burden of taking those steps because that like the emotional burden, the anxiety, what do I do? Can I do it? The analysis paralysis, that is emotion based. That's yep. fear. Um, it's basically it's dealing with all of the emotions that come from fear as the baseline that can also be insecurity. Um, and while those emotions are telling, it is important to listen to them because they have information to impart. The biggest thing is to approach it logically, to approach it as a serious series of steps. And a lot of times you're afraid because you don't know. What is the answer to, to not knowing? It is knowing. What? How do you get to know something? You educate yourself. So just give yourself the grace, allow yourself to feel it, and then figure out what what do you need to know to get to where you need to be. All of the information is available to us. 
It's just knowing what to look at, focusing on that, and allowing that to empower yourself. That was such a good line you had. Uh, you know, most of the fear, I agree, is it's the unknown. When I look at myself and time in, in my past where I'm scared to do move forward with something, regardless of the topic, it's the fear of, for me, it's the, of the unknown. Like, I don't know what to expect. Am I prepared? And <laughs> you said it so brilliantly. Uh, you know, the antidote oh, to, you know, the antidote to fear of the unknown is to, oh, I, no, I can't think of the words you said exactly, but like it's to figure out the unknown. Once you know the unknown, now the fear is gone, right? And so how do you do that? You, you like you break it down so tactically, like, okay, what am I, why do I not want to move forward? Why do I have this anxiety feeling? Well, actually I'm scared of not knowing how to do this step or this step, or I don't know how to go from step one to step 10, but I haven't even solved, st solved step numbers one and two. Like, why am I scared of seven, eight, and nine? when I haven't even solved number one and two over here. So it provides focus is what I'm, is what I'm really getting at here. Uh, mm. Focusing on the correct problem at the correct time in uh, learning or finding where to learn the information. <laughs> and that's, and a that's a really important piece too. You just said focusing on the correct problem at the correct time. Yeah. So if you're at step A, don't focus on the problem you're gonna hit at step 10. Right. Right. So if you don't know, I'm trying to stay away from real estate investing. I'm trying to. No, stay out, lean into it. I, I'm all about real estate investing. <laughs> so, so everyone should do you, it. <laughs> if you are wanting to buy your first property out of state and you're like, I just want residual income. I want to put someone in it who will pay me rent and that'll cover my mortgage and I'll have some money left over. That's all I want to do. And you haven't bought your first one yet. You shouldn't be asking yourself, how am I going to buy properties nine and 10? <laughs> and how did those taxes work? Right. <laughs> that's so much. That's very much me. Like zero to 100. <laughs> I mean, well, that's, that's, that's almost everybody. everybody. If I have a multifamily syndication and I have all these people <laughs> in there and I want to do a, a waterfall step down leveraging of the finance. I literally want each, to so, so your, like, your advice is. focus on the problem at hand. And then you know what? Life works out. You will figure it out. You get smarter as you keep taking steps. And that problem that was a problem might not be a problem anymore once you get there. But if you sit here on like step A and just keep thinking about step 10, I'm using different numbering. I'm tracking. Um, I mean, you might never get there. You, you, the most important thing is to make progress and figure out where you are and how to get from where you are. To the next step is the most critical piece to figure out yeah trust yourself that you'll be able to solve steps three once you get there you might not know how to solve it now but trust your abilities in solving or them z. once you get there or z or d or whatever absolutely so uh so that's the advice you would give to someone who's kind of stuck in a rut is focus no understand your problem understand your why like what your target is define it as deeply as possible and then just solve steps one and then step two and just go to each thing so i want to end this with um what are you doing now like what is next for sunny where are you going what are we going to see you doing in 12 24 36 months let's throw it out there in the air if you say it, it okay, has so to happen. Is, yeah, this is, this is, it's kind of scary. I've, I've never been one to say it before I do it. Um, and I Here's think you day. and I talked it. Yeah, today we're doing it. Um, or at least talk about it publicly. Um, I'll obsess about it with friends, like a complete nut job. Um, but I want to launch another business. 
So I yes. currently run my real estate business and I run Afford Anything. So I'm currently running two businesses, which is like absolute chaos. But I recently, and so this is the first step that I did, I realized I could not grow or do what fulfills me while I had the inundation of two growing businesses. So I actually just hired my first part-time employee to start systemizing my operations. And we, we talked go. about this a little bit at Con. Yeah. So I am doing that so that that can be taken off my plate. And I want to launch a public speaking business next year yes. because I think, I think I can help people. That sounds so arrogant saying that. No, but it's not arrogant at all. It's just talking to people, but on different stages, right? You're doing it right here yeah. on a podcast. It's True. just there's no one here in front of us. Whenever you, someone posts a video on Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, anywhere, they're on a platform, right? It's just this platform that you're talking about is physical stages with people in a room. Mm. Uh, it's, I know, right? It's a lot. That you, have, you, you, have you applied anywhere to speak yet? No, not yet, because I need to actually get this. I need to get my real estate in a place where it can keep running. And if, because if things pop up with real estate, then that needs to be taken care of first. And that's going to negatively impact my ability to prepare for a gig, for right. example. So I need that to be laying flat and to be optimized. And I should be able to get that done by the end of the year and then start like marketing and doing what I need to do for the speaking business. What is the top last question? What is the top stage you would want to speak on? Speak it Ted. now. Ted. Ted. I want to see. I want a TED talk. TED talk. <laughs> I think my you're... voice just broke. I'm screaming into the microphone. No one's someone... no one ever going to hire me after hearing this. <laughs> no, this is per no. Do not say that. They will absolutely want to hire you. Okay, this is exactly how it works. All right, Ted. TEDx people who are listening to this, I don't know who coordinates that. Write it down now. Put it in your notes for quarter. What are we in? Quarter four. Quarter one of 23, book it. <laughs> Sunny's ready. All right, you got any plugs you want to give? How can people find you? How can people find you on the podcast for Afford Anything? What's the name? Website? Yeah, so affordanything.com. That can be, um, that's like our website. And then um, we can be, our shows can be downloaded anywhere. You download podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you name it. Personally, I can be found on Instagram. That's probably the best way to reach me. My website is currently down because yeah. I'm updating it for the speaking page. So is the page going to change? Cause this will be on podcast for quite some time. So if the website domain is the same, you can go ahead and say it. if it's going to change. Yeah. It's okay. Sure. No, the website domain is going to be the same. It, uh, it is Griffix property group, G R I F F I X property group.com. Oh. Um, and it, it'll probably be back up and updated in the new year slash the end of 2022. Um, yeah. but yes, the best way to reach me is probably through IG, um, S U N I sunny underscore Rao underscore. So Boom. there we go. I love that. And if you guys want to get any more information on what I, I have going on, uh, my website is Mike Draper.com. That's my first name and my last name, Mike Draper with the letter R in between those from my middle initial. Love it. Thanks for being on here. I'm excited to see you on some stages. I want to see what else you put your mind to and sacrifice everything else in your life to focus on like Okay, one we're thing. trying to be more balanced, but yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but oh, it's so fun to see the glory of of just hammering one thing and becoming the master of your craft and all the doors it opens up that you, you didn't even know existed. It's part of the fun, okay, right? But 
Awesome. Well, again, I thank you, and I will see you at the next conference, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. All right. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to this conversation. If you want more content and behind the scenes from this episode, join my Patreon at the link in the notes. If you want to support this podcast and never miss an episode, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show. It helps me tons, so thank you much. Now get out there and keep moving forward. Let's go.